Hello and welcome to The Discourse, a short-form, one-on-one interview podcast with filmmakers, actors, and other film industry folks, brought to you by The Playlist and hosted by myself, Mike D'Angelo. Today, I get to dig into one of my favorite films of 2023 with its director. Yes, it's epic. It's around three hours. It features an actor that we all fell in love with in the 90s. No, not Killers of the Flower Moon. We're talking John Wick Chapter 4. And yes, I got to sit down with the director, Chad Stahelski, director of all four John Wick films, who is making his rounds to promote the, the work for award season and i mean which come on especially with chapter four it's time we recognize the amazing work that's done on films like this but let's be real there's not a lot of action films that are like john wick chapter four it is epic in every sense of the word during our chat uh, we got to sit down and deep dive into john wick chapter four potential spin-offs, the new series, an anime series. We talk Highlander and Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, we talk Nemesis, which is the epic kaiju TV series based on the awesome books by Jeremy Robinson. Uh, highly recommend you check those out. We talk about Marvel. We talk about even The Crow, which Chad was a stunt double on back in the day and finished the movie out for the uh, late Brandon Lee. Chad is someone I could pick the brain of for just hours, and he, much like his John Wick films, is no BS. He's super straightforward and honest about everything, so I think John Wick fans are going to really enjoy this one. Chad Stahelski fans, Marvel fans, Highlander fans, whatever it is, it's, it's a really fun and interesting conversation. I loved every second of it. Before I shoot you over to the interview, I've got to tell you that the discourse is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast Bingeworthy, Deep Focus, and more. We can be heard on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite shows. Be sure to subscribe and drop us a comment or a rating as we do very much appreciate it. Or just head on over to theplaylist.net for film and TV news, reviews, interviews, and more. Okay, here's my chat with the master of gun-foo, dog-foo, car-foo, and all the foo, the wonderfully talented Chad Stahelski. Hey, Chad, how are you? Good, man. How about yourself? Doing wonderful. Representing via T-shirt here. Oh, yeah. Where did you find that? (laughs) I think, think, honestly, it was a bootleg, so you're probably not seeing a cut of it. Is that a Canon Films logo I see on your shirt? Yeah, it's like an old VHS tape, basically. I think someone just kind of threw it on there for fun, for nostalgia purposes, which I I jived with. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan, obviously. John Wick 4 is still in my top films of the year. They're they're always shuffling around, but John Wick 4 is always up there. It's a massive accomplishment. Congratulations to to you and the team. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was arduous. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just just getting to the end of it, you're like, that had to be exhausting. Yeah, but in a good way. I mean, it's weird, right? You know, whatever you want to call a labor of love. But most of the John Wicks, we start not really knowing how we're going to pull it off. Money, schedules, stunts. (laughs) You know, even story stuff, but you have faith in your crew and your cast. And you can't have been through this, let's just say, nonlinear process quite a bit. So <laughs> I, I don't know. It's always when you get done, not every day, but there's there's a couple of days in every shoot where you know you, you've got something good. And I, what I mean is like you, you've done a good scene or a good sequence. So there's something interesting about what you did and you feel kind of good. There's other days where you feel like you're just this is your first day on the planet. and You don't know what you're doing. You get those little moments. Or you get, so when you wrap, there's that sense of relief. But honestly, I've wrapped all four John Wicks with that little bit of a smile and almost wanting a little bit more. But, you know, 
looking forward to the rest. But you know, when we wrap, you got to remember it, it's not over. I mean, I have another year of post after that. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's like a slow, you know, I see the crew, I stay in touch. So by the time you get done with post, it becomes such a mad rush at the end to make your release date. VFX, sound, everything's just piled into the last six weeks that, you know, by the end of that that period, it, it, I think that's a little bit more exhausting to me than the actual shoot. Right. If you look back at like the first one, which is quaint by comparison to number four, did you ever think like it could grow in? I know you're planting all these seeds and creating a universe in that first one. And that's what made it really, really interesting is that this underground that you were creating, did you ever think it could be what it has become? Did you even plan for a single? I mean, Keanu, we all took Joe. After the first John Wick, was halfway through post, we were taking Jaws, going back to second unit. Dave was going back to second. Keanu was taking other gigs. We're like, wow, this is a straight to video. No one's ever going to see this. I mean, fuck it. We killed a puppy. You know, we killed 86 people with headshots. There's no shaky cam. I mean, you remember the time we came out in 2014 and Taken and Ford were at the high points. So we didn't think anybody, I mean, our first three or like was it family and friends and test screenings did not go well. <laughs> you know, it was still long. We hadn't had any VFX in yet. And people were like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, no, we didn't think of it all. And that's how we've approached each one. We're like, if this is our last job, okay, so be it. We had a kid. It wasn't like people, you know, usually when I talk to people, they're always like, okay, either usually number one is their favorite. It's one mm -hmm. or four. And then number yeah. two is either one or four, whichever then you pick. Then it's number three. And then number two, and for Keanu and I, and we were talking about this the other week, it's like number two is where we really figured everything out. Like, you know, number one is a very different movie. Number two is like, oh, there's a continental every state. Like we didn't really have to go to work till number two. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a script on number one. We have an idea where we want to go, but we never thought we'd go anywhere. So we didn't think past what we had. We're just like the what ifs. And then you go, okay, they want to do another one. Do you want to do it? We're like, yeah, sure. Now it's okay. And now it's a blank piece of paper. And you're like, Okay, so there's a continental in every city, and we're gonna have these cookie worlds of assassins. And there's this thing, yeah. What is it called? I don't know. It's like Spectre. Let's call it the table. Okay, sure. Like it's just name shit furniture. And then we're gonna have. Let's see how much we can really get away with because no one's watching us. And it was like, we'll have a small yay. We'll have a uh, cartologist. We'll have hidden tunnels. And where are we gonna shoot this? I have no idea. I like Rome. You like Rome? Let's go to Rome. So it was a much crazier number two. Is still to me the the turning point and the hardest one. Yeah. After that, like. I wouldn't call it outdoing yourself, but to expand, once you kind of set the DNA, you're good. So number two was really coming up with the DNA. And that's when we're like, oh, okay, we, we kind of get what we're trying to do here. We're, you know, I'm a huge Tolkien fan. Yeah. So I look at like, you know, look what look what that gentleman did. I mean, that's uh that's impressive. And I I I mean, I'm making my it's every year of a Christmas break, I always read, if not all, uh most of the Lord of the Rings. It's just my little ritual. I sit up in a room and just lock myself. Just to appreciate what someone, what world creation really can be, you know, and how to do it right and how to tie threads together and really go and dig deep. So, you know, before we did number two, it was lock self in room for a week, read all Tolkien stuff. And go, okay, well, let's just create our own little version of this. And that's kind of how it happened. It really pays off every single time you expand it bigger and bigger every time. When it comes to, I mean, you're, you're fine. You're, you're coming at chapter four. Where do you where does the grain start? Does it start with John's arc? Does it start with this is where I want to expand the world? Does it start with location set pieces? If I was the regular director guy, I'd tell you it came from our collective genius and inspiration of world building. Of course, uh, 
No, it doesn't even come close to that. We're terrified when we start. We have no ideas. We have something, I guess, some action set pieces in place we like to go. But we have no, literally no idea every time we start one. And it always starts with this one little thing. Keanu and I had walked away. It had been six months after number three. And we have a late rollout in Japan. It's always like the last territory to open. So there's always premiere and then six months later is Japan for whatever wacky reason for distributors. Um, anyways, we're sitting there and we had already definitively stated to one another three was we're good <laughs> and then we're sitting in tokyo at the imperial hotel having a little glass of whiskey and you know we're like ah you know it was a bummer you know congratulations good job but you know, it was a little bummer. we never got to do our japanese samurai version and we never got to do this he's like ah you know tv show sometime we'll figure it out and Keanu literally just looks up from a shot of you know <laughs> i think yamazaki 25 or whatever and he's like but if we did do another one he's got to die like die and we're like, hmm, that's good. And I'm like, he's got to die in a duel. And he had Keanu's like, yeah. Yeah, he hits the button. He starts just, Keanu just starts riffing and just acting out scenes for, for fun. And we're like, okay. And the next day we woke up and we're like, I got an idea. <laughs> and it started like that. We started with the very last scene, how to die and remember his wife. And we wrote the movie kind of forward and backwards and knew that we wanted to do our good, the bad, the ugly version. It so, literally started like that, and a year later, we had a script. And the, I know the studio was like really fighting the death of it all, and maybe at least leave some ambiguity. How many yeah, endings it, did you consider? Honestly, we only mm -hmm. considered one. Did I shoot an alternate ending? Yeah, it's just like a shot or two, just to reveal. But like, like, and the studio, to be really fair, and I'd love to just, you know, I love to go antagonistic, but like, they didn't really fight. They were just like, look, we'll give you whatever you want. Just cover your bases just so we can test against it. And the way I look at it is they're like, well, I pretty much believe in what we're doing. I get it. But it would be nice to something to have because we, we do these side. Whenever there's a creative question, um, I used to be against them. And I'm kind of for the side-by-side bake-offs. Because you, you get interesting, you know, we'll show the same movie with two different endings side-by-side -side in the theater, right? And it's very interesting because I'll jump back and forth and you hear the reaction. And it gives me a chance to try different things. But I, I, you know, we staggered the so I could see both endings like by 15 minutes, and we watched them both. And when Bill Skarsgård gets shot, you know, his big cheer. Oh, okay, this guy, this prick died, and everything like that. And then when Keanu died, in one, and I had Donnie Yen that scene of the little tag scene at the end. I had him die in that as well. Like you oh. see Donnie die, so it was a triple whammy, mm -hmm. and that got a little heavy. But when we showed them alive, they kind of reacted with like, what the fuck, dude? That was lame. I learned a lot of things. One, I'm not going to kill everybody all at once. A one, two, three. And then I'm not going to do the annual re-reveal. So that was pretty, I mean, the studio was good to make me do that because I learned something from both. I know back in, what was it, 2020, they, they said John Wick 4 and 5 are greenlit. We're shooting back yeah, to back. I woke up to that too. That was, that was a fun read. <laughs> I don't so think people get it. Like sometimes we don't. The studio's marketing, the business end of the business, makes announcements to to keep the irons hot or for other, for whatever festivals or distributor sales or something like that. So there's a lot of, I, I've woken up many a time finding out I'm attached to something or I'm <laughs> something or yep. something like that. Like, to be fair, when that announcement initially came out, we were dealing with a very big idea and we wanted it to be. Ken and I literally walked into the studio one day after getting back going, yeah, it's great. We got an idea for John Wick 4. They're like, awesome. Let's hear it. It's like, he's going to die. That did not go over well. Like that was not a good pitch, right? 
So they're like, okay, well, maybe let's do a four. And then you kill them and find them and really build up to it. You know, that was never really talked about after that, but that was the whole thing. Well, okay, let's just do what they do in every franchise. Take the last one, chop it in two, put a bunch of fluff in. Mm-hmm. And I get it. You know, I get it. Like, you know, not knowing. And that was kind of the idea that was sold. And remember, we also had work on a script that was actually pretty thick at the time. And like, no one still today really believes that, you know, a goofy action movie like John Wick should be three hours long. And to be fair, it was two hours and 38 minutes. The other 11 minutes are credits. Things you gotta <laughs> say that. Where people keep giving me shit about making a three hour movie. It was not three hours. I've um, watched it several times and it's worth it. Yeah, right. So we up to the four and five, and I get what they're saying. Like, well, let's just cut it to why rush? Because we still hadn't cracked the script yet. So that, that came out before we really had a plan. And then we're like, look, we figure we can do this, this, and that. And then the talk started. So the announcement had already gone out by the time we had, you know, before we had figured out the script. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. like every time you're asked, you know, it's, it's we'll do part five if there's a good idea. But yeah, yeah. wouldn't, and wouldn't I, you I, rather explain, explore the world and the different characters? Or do you want to yeah. be a job back? No, that's, again, it's pretty crazy, right? Because, like, you think you're going to have one like, oh, I'll never fucking do that. I'm good. But, like, I don't mind being pigeonholed. I don't I don't think Keanu does either. I, if if all I did was make John Wicks for the rest of my career and could have the same success and the you know, crazy people, IMDb page. Yeah, it'd be, like, awesome. <laughs> like, cool, man. Like, you're not going to see us go, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not this guy that's going to, oh, I want to spread my, like, look, I, I can spread my wings fine in John Wicks and all that stuff. And my point is, we're both, Dan and I are both very thankful. We, we're, we're shocked. We can't believe that people want to see more. Like, you know, <laughs> we're doing them for us. We're doing them for fans. We're doing them for what we love. And if people love them, that's great. Um, So to to get done with number four and have, you know, all the outlets and all the fans come back and say, well, what's next? What's going on? Like, that's pretty cool. And to have a, I mean, ask any director. To have a studio come back and actually ask you for more of what you do for more, for to give you more, to support you. Like, I can't explain how rare that is. So that's yeah. that's quite flattering and that's really cool. I've never heard Keanu go, I'd never do another, oh, no, I'm good, the character. Like, he's like, look, dude, he's all about the why. If we had a why to make it, like John Wick is here because, and you have a why, or why would it interest us? Uh, you know, we'd go into production tomorrow. We just don't have the why, but we, him and I are both, you've heard us both say, like, we'll never say never. Mm-hmm. Look, if we come up with a good idea, great. Do I want to try other stuff? Yeah. But do I want to do another job? Yeah, we'd love to. It's right. just to put the crews and the stunts and the cast through so much pain and suffering. I just want a, a probability of success, meaning if it interests me as an audience member, because I can separate those two, right? But when I watch a movie, I want certain things. I, like, I want to love what I'm watching. If I If I had a why to why I'd love it, I, I would do it because we feel like, you know, I feel like I have a responsibility now because it's not my movie anymore. It's not Keanu's franchise anymore. It's a lot of the fans. It's like any good fan, like whether it was Star Wars, and you as an audience member or as a reviewer, you, you take ownership of what you love. They all do. So like you have now, first one, I could give a fuck. Second one, I'm like, yeah, we're just going to do what we love. Third was like, well, fuck it. We'll just try it. And like, Fourth one's now like, oh, wow, like it's not just mine. It's grown so big that like, you know, you, you have a responsibility to the to the franchise, to the property, to the character, to the audience, to do something great. So if we knew we were doing something great, yeah, I'd go suffer again for a couple of years for sure. <laughs> I have no problem. We just haven't quite cracked up. For me, it was always, we haven't met the high table yet. We have to meet the high table, right? Well, it's always our thing. And number two, when creators like, 
you know, again, I, I tell the story, we always have our, our whiteboard full of what we love about action movies. We have this one over here, what we hate about action. And under hate was Spectre. <laughs> or like, you know, we love the idea in, in Bond, right? Where the, we saw Blofeld, Blofeld, whatever. And you, you saw him one guy. But every time you saw like 12 of them, and then like Austin Powers had mocked it so well, <laughs> like an actual table with the, you know, the, the stereotype tropes of evil from one ethnicity from all over the world. We're like, we're never going to show the whole high team. <laughs> like, we'll show the representatives, but we'll always keep that. And now that we've, we've got uh, Lionsgate's having us develop the TV show, the John Wick TV show. So right. we thought we'd explore the high table in that a little bit. So we'll see. Nice. So that's separate from the Continental. Yes, uh, completely separate. Okay. And would you, I mean, there are still characters just from four that I, you know, yep. would love There's to really see cool within stuff. there. I love Donnie. I love Rena. Love yeah. Jack. Yeah, the tracker. show and the ancillaries will give us a chance to expand whatever you however you want to go. We'll expand the kind of fun world we're creative, and it doesn't have to be John Wick, the character centric. So, you know what I mean? We can explore it all and stuff. So, and the t TV is a better format for that, I think. Yeah. Because people jump into the backgrounds, you don't have to spend so much time on the first act setups and all that. So, really looking forward to that. I'm really excited about that because that's. That we're doing a John Wick anime, which I'm really excited about because I love Japanese anime so much. So to create all the cool stories that anime could probably achieve better than we could, and a TV show to expand the world. I mean, that's we'll still get our fix, you know what I yeah. mean? And yeah, have, have, sure. have all the fun because I think for TV, especially world building and action, those two have stayed pretty separate to try and combine them and give fans. So look, I love the slow burn too, but after six episodes, I would like something to happen in my TV show. Amen. Uh, you know what I mean? So like to, to try and bring that to TV, what we do with features would be really exciting. So how much input did you have with the Continental then? Did you not really have a, a ton of input uh, we there? We were consulted a little bit to bring that particular creative team to show them the world that I was creating. I mean, it was very early in John Wick 4, so we showed them some of our concept stuff. And then honestly... Dan and I had very, 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 yeah, very little to do with it, other than helping the the creative team there look inside, you know, our little world. So they give them a little tour of how we do things, and then they took it and made it their own. So that was that was a separate uh, creative team. Yeah, I mean, the X factor of these movies is is you and your team and Keanu, obviously. So yeah, if, there's a little. I think people. You trying to write it down on paper what the sauce is, <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's yeah. it, it it's the people. I mean, I don't know how else to say that on it. That's why you see franchises change because the directors change and the crew changes. I mean, how 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 would you expect it not to change? But we've also built a, a creative hub of people that kind of get it, and we all love the same thing. I think the main secret with John Wick is they're not meant to be movies. I think mm. that's some of the critique that they don't get. They're meant to be love letters to things that. Yes, we know it's Bugs Bunny. I get it. It's supposed to be Lord of the Rings. It's fantasy. I mean, are you really going to question me about the existence of orcs? <laughs> you know, and magic swords and fucking rope that unties itself and invisibility cloaks. Like, of course, yes, John Wick has it. The funny thing is bulletproof suits do exist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, does John Wick survive every high phone get? Apparently he's terrible looking out of his left eye getting hit by cars. Yeah. Um, he's really good at get, getting thrown off buildings. Like we're 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 talk we're doing a campfire tale, you know. Yeah. It's literally a narrator, John Wick, telling you about Sisyphus or Odysseus or anything like that. Like you know, we're we're a modern day fantasy, so it's supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be a little nutty. 
most people when they when they've talked about John Wicks or tried to to copy what we're doing, it's it's not about world building and naming characters. It's about 70s films that you love and Wuja films and Chambara films. It's like, what's your favorite Western? Let's make it about that. Like if you and I riff right now and I took your three top films, I took my top films, I'll guarantee I'll come up with a John Wick theme that's going to incorporate a lot of your ideas. And we'll just bend it around and we'll give it that upside down twit. Like we have a process. We'll go, okay, what's your favorite Western? Okay. You know, stagecoach. Okay. We're going to do this semi that's coming down through New York and it's going to be like a stagecoach. We'll have everybody attack it. It'd be like the gauntlet with Clint Eastwood. Okay. Now we're going into Dirty Harry Land. But, and you start putting all these love letter pieces together and you tie it together in this upside down, you know, emotional grounded theme of brotherhood or something like that. And that's kind of the, it's like any good fable or myth. It's, it's got a lot of people's ideas and hopes. In it. Also, like I was saying, it's your team. Like, I don't know that anybody can do the amount of improvisation and iteration on the day that you guys do. Like, I assumed before I watched a lot of special features on this stuff that you guys had it planned out to a T, but it's very clear. That's the that... big myth. And we, we scare everybody that way. <laughs> yeah, you don't do that. All the cast go, well, wait a minute, this is what we rehearsed. It's like, no, I rehearse very much like dancer. We mm. rehearse, so there isn't a single move I'll do on set that you haven't rehearsed a thousand times. Now, because I can't build 300 step staircase in rehearsal, I can't get six weeks of rehearsals with 50 stunt drivers. It's just logistically and financially impossible. So we build sections and we build it like movements or bars in a, in a musical phrase or anything like that. We create this phrasing and then we'll go and we'll start going. And also, you know, I shoot on location. I make it organic. like. You know what the real first rehearsal is for any piece that we do? First rehearsal is called take one. <laughs> that is the only time you'll have all the real people on the location with the effects and my wardrobe. That's the only time. Especially with Donnie Yen. Exactly, right? So everyone's got their creative process. So you can rehearse, rehearse we want. And what you end up with is look like an over-rehearsed film that looks like it's been plugged into a location or plugged into a sequence. Mm -hmm. I think we do such a good job in prep of training the crew, which is every bit as important as training the cast and how to react to what's going on and rehearse just like a, a dress rehearsal for a live show that when we get there, we have a little bit more time to be creative. So if I rehearse up until shoot date, right, I spend my, my three months, four months, five months, whatever rehearse, and then I stop rehearsing. And then two months later, I do the fight scene. Do you think maybe things have changed in those two months? <laughs> Not at got, all. Like, <laughs> so why would I do a fight that was rehearsed two months? Like Keanu's gotten better. We've learned a lot. We've changed lenses. We've gotten, we've seen the location. We've gotten better ideas. Like you have to keep evolving. Keanu's not stopping training. Or they get, like they're constantly training. And like when you get cast, you're like, oh, well, this guy's better with his left hand or this. Oh no, she's great at doing that. Let's fix that. Let's bring it. Like if you cut off that, that creative evolution, you're going to be stuck you know, stagnant, like, and that's not us. Some, I can name so many fight scenes and so many sequences that you've probably seen very recently that feel choreographed, that feel over-rehearsed, that feel like, okay, now they're just getting through it. They're not trying to make this great. I want time on set, just like, with, uh, no different than dialogue. Mm -hmm. Like, we rehearsed it at a table read, but what, so what am I supposed to do? Okay, you said the words, moving on. Or do you want to <laughs> experiment how the scene's going to flow and the chemistry? A fight sequence or an act is no different. There's going to be a flight. Well, these, we're on day. Oh, well, fuck, we're a little off. We better, like, if you don't leave time to be creative and to improve what you've already rehearsed, you've messed up the schedule. Like, you, you've not done your due diligence. And as much as I'd like to stay on John Wick 
the John Wick universe as much as possible. You have like your IMDb is absurd as far as upcoming and maybe you're attached, maybe you're not. Obviously, Highlander has been in some kind of state of production or whatever it is for a long development for a long time. Yeah. I know Deadline was saying something about you guys going out and starting to, you know, kind of sell it. Yeah, and... no, we're, there's two I'm really stoked about. It's Ghost yeah. of Tsushima and Highland. Those are the two that have always brought us the furthest. We have scripts that we're pretty stoked with. We have a concept. We have theme. Like, those are the two. Those are my two ones I love the most. When you read about Rainbow Six and the other, these are other things in development that I'd love to do because with people like Michael B. Jordan, I'd love to work with. Like, yeah. I think he's super awesome. Um, and some of the other shows we're attached to, and we have a TV division here that we're working on. There's nothing that you probably read on my MD page that I don't love. It's mm -hmm. just a matter of scheduling and like- You're only uh, one guy. Yeah, to make movies work, I don't think people understand the scheduling that goes into myself. I only want to work with my crew and you have to figure that out. Then I want to work with certain casts. And there's certain casts that I'm willing to wait for so things get pushed. And then as times evolve, like your ideas evolve, like we were just talking about. So- you know, if you don't feel you've nailed the script, I, I I don't need a perfect script, but I want the concept to come across. And I want the, for me, it's all about cast. Like if I get the right people, I know I can, I can, I can climb them out. So I'm willing to wait or, or jockey or be patient to find the right. cast. And sometimes that is with schedules. So that's why you always see people changing. Yeah. And with Highlander, obviously you're kind of at the mercy of the SAG strike unless you're getting a SAG waiver. So yeah, no, we're kind of at the mercy of this. <laughs> yeah. But, the writer strikes over and we were pretty close before. So now the writing team is back full power. You know, it, it's, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful property. I think mm -hmm. the mythology and Highlander, it, it's one of uh, the best worst films ever. Like, I love know, Highlander. In all the right ways. I love what he did with the fisheye lenses and the wacky transitions and just like, yeah, let's just fight on top of it. Like I'm a huge fan, but I think after that, the property has so much potential to still be fun and to be kooky and to travel. I mean, you have mankind's history as a palette. So hopefully we'll do we'll do it justice. I'm a little nervous about that one. John Wick was my own. Highlander is coming from something. You know, I have to adopt a little mythology and expand on it and hopefully be as true to the property as I can with still expanding it out in a fun way. Yeah. That one makes me a little nervous, but I'm most excited about that. And then Ghost of Tsushima is one of the best stories I've ever had my hands on. I don't know if you know the game or the story, but it's a fantastic personal story you know, wrapped in a great samurai epic. So it's right. Cool. It's like Last of Us. I think people are a lot more interested now that that really popped. Yeah. And I think, look, if you, if you gave Ghost a little bit of a chance and found out what it was really about, you'd be like, okay, I'd watch that. Yeah. That, and I know, I know you said it's, it's probably not in very big state of development. I'm a big fan of Jeremy Robinson's books. Oh, you no. Uh, Nemesis, we're good. We're good. We, we, we have a, a streamer. Yeah. That, uh, dash distance. Them, so we're very, very happy about that. That's and, amazing. Uh, no, we're, we're, we have a showrunner We're we're actively like, that's, we're going. Yeah. So look out Godzilla. We're fucking yeah. coming. Yeah. You guys are going to show them how to really do human oh. characters in a Kaiju movie. So. Yeah. We're gonna, that's, I, I like taking on, I like being the underdog in that. That's yeah. of, of all the things after the first John Wick, that's, the first property I used uh, any of my John Wick paycheck to go option. I loved nice. it. I read, I read Jeremy's books just back and forth, flying back and forth to New York on the first John Wick. And I'm like, this is the first guy I'm going to talk to when I wrap this movie. And he literally was the first guy I talked to when I wrapped it. Yeah. That, and he's and got a whole it. cinematic universe kind of mapped out. Oh my God. He's got timeline. several. Jeremy, yeah. he can't stop writing the guy. Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. He's awesome. I, I think he's a fun, fun human to talk to, man. I really like his stuff. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I know you've done like second unit work for a lot of the, you know, MCU films or some of the MCU films. Have they ever tried to kind of coax you away from John Wick and direct a feature for them? Or has it never gotten to that? Let, let me be very generous to them. I mean, uh, I, I feel like they've been very generous to me. Sure. Uh, like, They've always been a lot of the directors and 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 Kevin and Marvel and all this have always called either me or someone on our team to to really help them with their action and do all their other stuff. Our stunt teams have been involved in some of their biggest movies. They've always treated us really well and given us opportunities to learn and stuff. I've had several conversations where it, it doesn't matter whether or not I loved the property or want to do it. Like just to have Marvel call you up and go, "Hey, would you be interested in perhaps this? Would you like to give a meeting on this?" That's I'm not going to lie to you. It's, you know, when you talk to Kevin, who I think is a brilliant, brilliant man, or you, you get into that machine. Of course, like, especially at the high point, it's very flattering to even be asked to have a meeting, you know, and I've had a couple of those and I love talking to those guys. But, you know, um, everyone at a certain level is very honest with each other. It's like, look, mm. I love your world. I love you guys. I would love to do this. I just don't think I'm the best guy for it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not that guy. Like, if you came to me and said, Look, you know, I think some of their are like they have that sensibility that fits with that Marvel mode. And I don't mean I mean like the tone and the, the rhythm, like what they did with Thor and what they did with Guardian, what James did with Guardians. Like there's a tone there. I'm like, I, I just don't think I would be as good at that. I think I'm good with more what I do and that kind of thing. So and again, you're at different points of your career. So I'll just say, like, look, they were super generous to us. They were super great supporting us in all our careers. Myself and Dave Leeches. You know, Hargraves and all these other action guys, we've all come through the the Marvel machine a little bit. And whatever you may say or whatever your thing is, it was an incredible experience to go through that. It's just your learning curve goes way up because the expectations and the amount of people and the success they had, it was it was a great experience. So yeah. yeah. Finally, just for me, I know, you know, going way back in your career, but I'm a huge fan of the crow. I know that likely brings up, you know, mixed feelings because of Brandon yeah. Lee's passing and, you know, you had to finish the movie for him as his double. But I, even like your own marquee, like Bill Skarsgård is going to yeah. be Eric Draven. Oh, yeah. Did uh, you yeah. ever talk Bill to him about that? About yeah, we, Bill and I have talked about it quite a bit. Bill didn't know till after we wrapped Don Wick 4 that I had, you know, been the been Brandon's double on The Crow. Yeah. Um, which is, you know. Again, it, it it's it's of course it's bittersweet. It's it's the weirdest experience I've had in my career to to go back and forth with that because Brandon and I have been friends in the same clique for some time. Yeah, a lot of mixed bag there. But like at the end of the day, years and years and years later, I it's funny enough, I just watched The Crow again two weeks ago. You know, it's like a friend of mine hadn't seen it. I'm like, what? You haven't seen it? like, well, we gotta watch it. It's weird to see myself in it and to see what was done. It brings back that. But like at the end of the day, I still love that. It's a great movie. I think it's one of the most I, I like the side. I like that Alex Pro is in this. They had to create that that look and that vibe of the models and the the crow eye lens and all. So I, I really like that movie, man. I think it's one of the best examples of how to do a graphic novel. Simple, mm-hmm. but with a tone. And that ha- that that movie has swagger and has music. It's it's there's a lot of great stuff that I think still holds up today. Yeah, I'm hoping the new one translates uh, as well. Yeah, you don't, I mean, what do you do, right? I mean, directors are always, when they do things like that, it's, okay, why are we doing it? How are we doing it? Like, you know, it's either remake the original, which has been done so many times and not all that successful, 
or do you try to take a, a stab and tell a story with a character that people love? So, mm -hmm. um, from what I heard, I, I think they they tried a lot of stuff. So, nice. I, either way, I look forward to it. It's one of the things I'm looking forward to. Like Bill, Bill, I've always been fascinated by Bill Skarsgård. I love it. I, I can't wait to see Boy Kills World. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I want to see him in The Crow. Like I, I really like. I really, I think he's a great. Like you got to see like, in Bill in person is is super cool guy. When you see him switch on, he's something to watch on set. Like he's always enjoyable. Great as the marquee. Um, they're giving me the hook. For our listeners, the masterpiece that is John Wick Chapter 4 is available on Blu-ray and digital. It's phenomenal. Obviously, Chad, again, absolute pleasure, man. Thank you, Mike. My pleasure, man. Love awesome. the show. Thank you. Thank you.